0: I like to say that uh, Jody means God's favorite in every language. (laughs) And I'm going to make a case today, and I am going to prove to you that I am God's favorite. And I'm going to prove to you that you're God's favorite too. Now, I know all you theologians, I know what you're saying. God doesn't show favoritism. I will break down that argument. It is true. But you know, of all of the knowledge, past, present, and future... Everything that has ever been known in the past, everything that is currently known and everything that will that will be known in the future. All of that knowledge is surpassed by one thing. Do you know what that is? The love of God. And today we're going to be talking about a particular character. One of the cool things about the Bible is that it really humanizes the people in the stories. It really shows who they really actually were and how they actually responded to the real life situations. I think if I would have been the one that came up with the idea of the Bible, I probably would have been more, like I would have candy-coated things a little bit more. I wouldn't have maybe been quite as brutally honest about how things were. And today, we're going to be talking about Mary. As you know, um, Mary was the surrogate, essentially, for the one who was coming to save people from their sins. Mary was the one that was selected and chosen by God. Um, uh, Arthur, are you here? Can you, I want you guys to meet someone. Not Arthur, you know him already, I think. <laughs> Jackson, come here, buddy. Hey, Bubba. We call him Bubba. When we take him to Starbucks, they have these puppy chinos, Bubba chinos, you know. Come here, bud. Hey. Oh, sorry. Look at this guy. This is Jackson. Hi, Jackson. Can you say hi? Say hi. Hi. You want to say hi again? Hi. 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 Say it again. again. Hi. (laughs) Star is born. (laughs) He might like this a little too much. Um, This morning he walked in. (laughs) All he did was just put a cheese bagel in his mouth. And I just could not get enough. Like, I just could, couldn't get enough. Not. I just love, love, love you. I just love you, love you, love you. I say love I love, you.
1: love, love
0: you. I love you, love you, love you. Okay. Go back to your daddy. Go to daddy. Okay, what did he just do? I love you, love you, love you. What did he just do? He just was, and you are God's favorite just because you are, just because he actually created you because he likes you. Of course, God loves you, but he also likes you, and so today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the favor of God. I'm going to talk to you about Mary. We're going to talk about this woman who was the surrogate, but we're also going to talk about the favor of the Lord. And I believe that the Lord really has a message that he wants to impress on your heart and he wants to help you walk a different way. He wants to help you to live in a different way. You know, it does say that when Jesus was born, all of the angels came out in heaven, a multitude of heavenly hosts, and they said, glory to God in the highest and peace on whom God's favor rests. So we're going to be talking about the favor of God today. We're going to, there's, there are two accounts of the story of the birth of Jesus. There's one in the beginning of the book of Luke, and there's one in the beginning of the book of Matthew. And as we go through the month of December, we're going to be talking about different humans, human beings who are in this story. There's so many different angles that you could take with this story. But today, we're talking about Mary and the favor of God. That is our goal. And we're going to start in uh, the book of Luke. Now, what happened was, uh, the story of, there's a whole story about how John the Baptist was conceived and his parents were very old. and, And Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, is actually Mary's cousin. So, um, when favor invades our lives, which is what my prayer is today, is that favor would invade our hearts. That favor would come in and change the way we think, it would change the way we view things, and it would change the way we act. The favor of God I want you to say something. I know, I know all you theologians are going to think that it's heresy, but I want you to say this. Say, I am God's favorite. I, am God's favorite. I want you to say, I am. No, I am, God's I am God's favorite. Now turn to the person next to you and say, you are God's favorite. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Come on, people. <laughs> all right, I'm just going to start reading here. Um, Okay, it says, in the sixth sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. Okay, now this is an angel, a legit angel. The angel came to Elizabeth first, Mary's cousin, and prophesied that John the Baptist was going to be born. Now this angel Gabriel is coming to Mary, and he's also going to tell her she's going to have a baby. So what's the moral of the story? When angels show up, people get pregnant. So (laughs) do not pray that God would show you angels. Um, Okay, unless you actually want to be pregnant. Okay, anyway, Um, it says here, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Okay, Nazareth is a podunk, little, nothing, little village. Okay, but Gabriel went there to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of King David. This all plays into this story. This is all important. Gabriel appeared to Mary, and he said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Okay, now, first of all, Mary's probably minding her own business. She's, you know, maybe working out in the field. Maybe she's in the barn. Maybe she's cleaning the house. Suddenly, an angel which was, pro- they, they say that angels are massive. So this angel shows up and says, hey, what's up, Mary, highly favored one. Um, in Switzerland, they speak a form of German. It's called Swiss German. They don't even actually have a written language but they add the word mega to everything. Like if something's really extreme, they say mega, like it is mega sure and mega, mega beautiful, mega, everything's mega. I feel like that's what this translation should say. Hey, greetings, mega favored one, because Mary is mega favored. It's not just like she's just this kind of special girl. She is ultimately favored because she gets to carry the Messiah. She gets to carry the one who's coming to set captives free. She gets to carry the one who's coming to open the eyes of the blind and, and to unstop the deaf ears. He, this is the one who is coming to save people from their sins. And isn't that what we all need as human beings to be saved from our own sins? So it says, um, he, he says, greetings, uber-favored Mary mega favored Mary. He says the Lord is with you. That's got to be that's got to be a good thing to hear at, you know, after you're like confronted by an angel, the Lord is with you. It says confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, when it says she's confused and disturbed, it doesn't mean like she was like disturbed like as in upset. She was just kind of, this kind of messed her up a little bit as far as figuring out, wait a minute, who is this angel and why are they standing here in my midst? It's, and this is what the angel said, and I think this is so kind that the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. So she was clearly afraid. She was confused. She was disturbed. She was afraid. And isn't that what happens with us sometimes when we're confronted by the spirit of the living God? Like all of a sudden you're going about doing something and all of a sudden you realize, whoa, God is in my midst. It's, it's unsettling. And when the favor of God invades us, sometimes it can be a little bit unsettling. But here is what Mary asked. <clears throat> the angel, he says, he says, um, don't be afraid for you found favor with God. This is the second time now. First, he says, you are highly favored, you are mega favored, and the Lord is with you. And now here he's saying, you don't need to be afraid because you found favor with God. And I need to speak this to somebody today. You need to hear this today. Don't be afraid. You have favor with God. No matter what you're going through, no matter how dark things look, no matter how hopeless things may seem, no matter how broken you feel, You don't need to be afraid because you have favor with God. Here he says, the angel continues, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. And get this, his kingdom will never end. Mary is this just ordinary girl. I mean, she's highly favored in the eyes of God, but in the eyes of everyone else, she's kind of a nobody. She's living in this kind of nobody town, just minding her own business. But the Lord says of her, you are highly favored. Because this angel is coming directly as a spokesperson for the Lord. And so Mary asks the angel, how can this happen? how can I be pregnant? How could I ever get pregnant? I've never been with a man. How is this even possible? She's confused. She's disturbed. She's afraid. And the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you've said about me come true. This is pivotal. First, she's confused and disturbed, and she's afraid. Then she questions. She's like, wait, how? Why me? Why would you choose me? I don't get this. But then her response, okay, all right. I trust the Lord. He says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And may everything God has said about you come true. You who are God's favorite. You are God's favorite. Now, let me explain this for all of you who are unsettled by my theology. Because it does say the Lord doesn't show favoritism. So that is true. However, you know how the Bible talks about the Israelites the Moabites, the Amalekites, the Girgashites, the favorites. We are the favorites. We have the favor of God. If you are part of Jesus' tribe, if you've been branded by Jesus, if you have surrendered to him and given your life to him and said yes to Jesus, then you are a favorite. Can you say, I'm a favorite? So Mary asked this, how can this happen? I'm a virgin and let this just, okay, I trust. I believe. I believe. And then Mary, ultimately, she goes on to to pray this prayer, and it's called the Magnificat. But I want to say this because I think this is so important. You know, we talk about Mary, the Virgin Mary, and, you know, there are some different faiths that, that actually worship her. They pray to her. They, they think that she was sinless. No. The Bible would make a case to say, Mary was not without sin. She was faithful. She was highly favored. She was mega favored. But she sinned too, just like everyone else. There's only one who was sinless, and his name is Jesus. So if, if you ever hear somebody tell you that, that Mary never sinned. That is not true. The Bible says the opposite, but yet she was a woman of faith and she was a woman of trust and she was a woman of surrender. And that's why she was highly favored. And so then it says that uh, Mary left. She couldn't wait to share this with someone so she went and hung out with her cousin Elizabeth. And it says that John the Baptist leapt in Elizabeth's womb because he recognized that there was something special about this baby that was in her womb. But I want you to think about this now. Okay, so the Lord, the Lord sends this angel to say, Mary, you are uber, mega, spectacularly favored. Think about the next thing that probably happened to her. She went to this little Podunk community, where people were. It is. It is purportedly Nazareth was like a really wicked, kind of a vile little community. And here, Mary, she's. Everybody's probably totally gossiping about her, right? They're probably saying, "Did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. God is the dad." And her boyfriend's going along with it. (laughs) Right? Think about it. Anybody else from a small town? Where everybody knows your business, your (laughs) business? That's probably what happened to her. And I'm sure that there were times where she's sitting there going, that angel said I was highly favored. I don't feel very favored right now. Like, I feel really alone. I feel really, I'm confused. Don't you think? I mean, Mary was human. It wasn't like she's just like, okay, let's just do this. She was just like us. She was a human being just like us. She just was the one who got selected to be the surrogate mother for the Messiah, for the Christ, for Jesus. She was the one who was selected She found favor with God. But here's what Elizabeth says to her. Elizabeth said, it says that the child leapt within Elizabeth because John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from the time he was in the womb. But now listen to this. This is so good. She says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And I want to tell you this morning, God's favorites you will be blessed if you believe that the Lord will do what he says he will do in your life. And if you believe that you are favorite, that you are his beloved. You know, if we really actually believe that we were God's favorite, don't you think we would live differently? Don't you think we would walk differently? Wouldn't we see circumstances differently? Right? Don't you think that we would we would function in, in a different confidence, not in arrogance, but in the favor of God rests on me. So that when you get to work and they're having these conversations that are inappropriate, they're telling dirty jokes or they're gossiping or or you know they're bad mouthing the boss or whatever it is, you, you wouldn't be quite as tempted to stand there and participate because you'd be thinking the favor of God rests on me. I'm God's favorite. Don't you think we would live differently? That's my challenge, is that we would begin to actually walk in that. And we're gonna talk about some hindrances to that. But here, I think it's so awesome. Elizabeth says, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he says. And I started to think, as I was just really meditating on this this week, I started thinking, This is exactly what it says in Ephesians 2, where it says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not of your own works. See, Mary did not do anything to elicit the life of God within her. She didn't do any. I mean, she was faithful. She was favored, but it wasn't like she made it happen. All of a sudden, it just happened. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and she had a life within her, a life which incidentally never mixed together with her blood. Because, because the blood of Jesus is pure. And so she was, she birthed, or she, I mean, uh, percolated. What's the word I'm looking for? Gestated. <laughs> percolated. Um, she gestated this, this life, but it wasn't anything she had done other than what did she do? What did Elizabeth commend her for? She believed. And that's the word of the Lord for you today. That if you believe, if you really believe that you're favored of God, if you really believe that you, that you are who he says you are, that his life will begin to grow within you and it will begin to spill out because the favor of God, the grace of God is not just for our own pleasure. The favor of God and the grace of God are for to be shared. That's, that's part of favor. Favor is to be shared. Mary shared. She gave, a, she gave up her son. So I want you to think about this. Okay, so she, all the people are gossiping about her. Everybody's like probably really down on her. I mean, I'm sure at first Joseph was like, wait a minute, start over. So you said an angel visited you and said, what? I mean, at first Joseph was just going to, he was just going to quietly put her aside and kind of walk away. But then he got a visitation in a dream. That's the only reason Joseph believed her because this had never happened before. And so imagine how lonely Mary felt. Now fast forward 40 weeks, there's a census. Now remember, it says Joseph was in the line of David. So he had to leave Nazareth And travel. They say it's between seventy and eighty miles to get to Bethlehem, because it had been prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So they had to take the only mode of transportation that they had, which was a donkey. Now think about this, ladies. Those of you who have had babies, let's let's say you're thirty-nine weeks pregnant, riding on a donkey. For 75 miles. Think about it. This is the reality of it. I mean, I would whine after 20 minutes in the car, (laughs) you know. They said that this was probably a four-day trip. Here, this poor young girl who is mega favored. Don't you think she probably questioned that at times and went, Hmm. This doesn't feel like favor. <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think she wrestled with this as a human being? And yes, she believed God, and that's why she was blessed, but she had to, she had to go there with her thoughts at some point and just say, wow, this doesn't feel like favor. Now fast forward 33 years. She's watching her son be beaten and rejected and mocked, and spat upon, and crucified, killed by being nailed to a cross, which ultimately leads in suffocation. She watched that happen, the highly favored woman. And isn't it true for us that at times when we go through dark times, we go through painful times, we're we hit financial struggles, or we lose our job, or we have a relationship go south, or something happens, don't we start to question, am I really favored? Is God really for me? Does he really care about every little thing? Don't we start to question it at times? Doesn't it feel sometimes like you're so alone? And this is where we have to go back to this part about the favor of God. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of your own works. It's a gift of God. So no one can boast. This life that is birthed within us is not because we cleaned up our act enough we did enough good things, so then God said, yes, now I will give you my grace. Now I will give you my, my forgiveness. No, he does it all. You know, and the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I see it's all about him anyway. And my life is not my own. Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. If you name the name of Jesus you were bought with a price and therefore you are owned by him and you can trust him you can trust that everything god does for you is for your benefit everything god does for you is for your good and for your growth and that his favor rests upon you he has planted his life in us luke 146 i love here again mary responds my soul praises the lord How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary goes on when she prays this prayer. She's just worshiping the Lord. She's kind of basically going over an overview of the Old Testament, saying God has done these marvelous things. God has done this and that and this and that, and so I can trust him. And that's where we need to go back to. You know, when, when you're struggling and when you're suffering and you're, and you're feeling alone and you're feeling like God's forgotten you and you're, you're feeling like you, you, you're confused and you're disturbed and you're afraid, those are the times you go to the Psalms. I'm telling you, the Psalms are like medicine. It, it, it will change everything. It won't change your circumstances, but it will change your perspective and it'll change your attitude. I love how... believing in God, believing in God's favor, believing that he says, I am his favorite, you are his favorite, and really walking in that and then hearing the word, hearing the Bible or reading the Bible for yourself can completely transform your attitude. We have to believe that God has given us his favor. I mean, that is part of it. That is why, again, Elizabeth said, you're blessed. You trusted. You believed. And so I wanted to share this passage with you. A few weeks back, um, I started to read. I I really felt like I was supposed to read Isaiah 61 because this is really all about what the ministry of the church is supposed to be. And that's the ministry that I want this church to be about is the ministry that's important to Jesus, and I started to read this passage, and it was kind of like, I kind of was like Mary a little bit because I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, "This is what I want to speak to you right now." And it was Isaiah sixty-one. I'm just going to read to you of the first couple of verses, but I want you to really hear this. This is why Jesus came. This is the favor of God. It says, Isaiah sixty-one: The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of the Lord's anger against their enemies. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Again, his anger lasts a moment, but then what? His favor lasts a lifetime. God's favor is something that, that is constantly with us. And now, there are some hindrances. There are some hindrances to having the peace and the favor of God rest upon you. One of them is doubt. You just doubt God. You doubt his character. You doubt what he says about himself. You doubt what he says about you. You doubt really the good news that, that it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own works. Doubt is something that can prevent you from really walking in God's, in God's favor. Another thing is you might have maybe some unconfessed sin. You have something that you, you know you did wrong and your, your conscience is, is weighted down. You know you need to say something to someone. And isn't it always so much worse before you ever confess something? Isn't the thought that goes through your mind like... If I confess this, everybody's going to hate me or this person's going to hate me. Everything within us wants to hold back and not get it out in the light. But I'm telling you, if you want the peace and the favor of God to rest upon you, get it in the light. You'll feel so much better. You'll feel like your spirit has been cleansed. Psalm 512, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. The favor of God is a shield to protect us from the things of this world, from the things that we deserve even. Grace and favor, you know, the word favor is in the Bible between 70 and 80 times, but it often can be interchanged with the word grace. It comes from the same root word it's undeserved. We don't deserve God's favor, but we can still believe it, and we can still walk in it, and, it's, and it can still protect us. You know, it can protect you from the things, first of all, that would come at you from the world, and also the things that you yourself deserve because of God's favor. That's why he doesn't just smite us. You know, when we sin, he doesn't just flick us, because he could. You know, it's like, ah, eh, you sinner, he could just flick you off the face of the earth. But because of his favor, because of his grace, he doesn't. You know, there's a lot of different characters in the Old Testament. Every single one of the people that I'm about to mention, it says that, that they had the favor of God. Noah. Think about Noah. Noah. Think about, think about, it had never even rained and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to build this massive ship because there's going to be a flood. What? Don't you think Noah probably questioned, wait a minute. It probably didn't feel like favor. He probably felt really alone because it says all of the people in the whole town mocked him the whole time. They just mocked him. Joke was on them, huh? (laughs) Then Daniel. What about Daniel? Daniel spent a night in a den with lions and didn't get eaten. The favor of God was a shield to him. What about Abraham? Remember the story of Abraham where, where God took him out and showed him all the stars and said, you're going to have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. I'm sure Abraham's thinking, let's get this party started. But instead, he waits and waits and waits. And don't you think Abraham questioned? Don't you think Abraham said, hmm, I don't know, maybe I misunderstood what he was saying. Maybe I, maybe I read more into that. Don't you think that's what I would do? I would sit there and go, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Like, or did I do something wrong? Did I not hear God right? Did he, was he trying to tell me something else? Don't you think Abraham had to go there at times? I mean, obviously, he went and tried to make it happen himself with his servant girl, with his wife's permission, Interestingly enough, I think that's really weird. But who's to judge? Um, How about David? David was a man after God's own heart. Think about the things David went through. His best friend and his king, his best friend's dad, and his king tried to kill him several times. He hated him. He had a vendetta against him. But God's favor was on David's life. What about Esther? The story of Esther. She went and stood on behalf of the Israelites. She went into the king when you could be killed just for going into the king's presence if he didn't invite you, but she took a risk. And she really put her neck on the line for all of Israel. And it says that God's favor was upon her. And what about Joseph, the story of Joseph, not Mary and Joseph, but the Joseph who had the brothers who like tried to sell him and, you know, his brothers were horrible now, Joseph made some missteps, for sure, but ultimately in his life, the favor of God was evidenced, and Joseph continued to believe. Joseph continued to believe in God's favor. One time I was, um, I know that I've shared this story with, with you guys, and uh, I actually was, had the honor of, of speaking at our convention, or we're part of it an interdenominational group called Foursquare, and I I went to a convention and was able to speak, and I told this story, and I want you to be encouraged by this, and I don't want you to think that there's any formula or that there's, you know, anything you can, you can never twist God's arm, just so you know. You can try, but it won't work. But, so, I think it was two years ago, Um, I was done. I was, I was just, I just resigned to the Lord. I told the Lord, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. It's too painful. And I, I put my little earbuds in and I was listening to the Psalms because I, because I was down. (laughs) I was really, I was really bummed. And so I was listening and I, all of a sudden I came upon this Psalm Psalm 86 says, send me a sign of your favor. And I grabbed onto that verse. Send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame for you, O Lord. Help and comfort me. I just man, I just grabbed onto that. I listened to that over and over and over. And then I, then I went on and I kept listening. Then I got to Psalm 90. And Psalm 90 says something like this. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil days with good. Let our children see your works again. Make our efforts successful. Oh God, make our efforts successful. And I was just Suddenly, everything changed. Everything in my attitude, everything within me, all of a sudden, my heart was turned back toward faith, toward believing God, toward trusting that his favor was upon me, that he was for me. And some of you need to hear this today. God is for you. God is not against you. God chose you before the foundations of the earth. He actually chose you before anything was created. He chose you. He called you by name. And he says, I love you. You are mine. You are precious. And you are honored in my sight. Some of you need to hear this today. You're you're doubting. You're doubting his love. You're doubting his favor. You're doubting that he's for you. I don't know what it is. If it's a financial thing I don't know if it's, if, if it's a relationship thing. I don't know if it's health. But you need to know this. The favor of the Lord is on you. You are God's favorite. Can you say that again? I am God's favorite. Favorite. I'm trying to come up with a, a petition. You know, we call ourselves Utahns. Right? I would I think we should call ourselves U Tites. We're the favorites who are also U tites, don't you think? We are the favorites. We are ones who have the favor of God, and this is not because we did everything right. And, and, and part of the reason that you're doubting that God's for you, part of the reason you're doubting that he's good, part of the reason you're doubting that, that you have his favor is because you're looking at your stuff. You're looking at you. You're looking at your mistakes. You're looking at the things you should have done and may not, maybe didn't do or the things you did and shouldn't have done. Your, your focus is in the wrong place. The focus is on the one who lets his favor rest upon you. So back to my story. So that day, rather than wanting to quit, I was so excited. I was so amped. And I I walked in. I I walked here, and we had our, our staff meeting. And I was like, I was just like, I felt like I'd been electrocuted in a good way. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait to share with everyone. Well, when I walked into the room, they were all in a very different place emotionally. They were all kind of in a, in a dark place at the time. And things were not looking very good here. And, and it was a pretty scary time. And so I just went into the bathroom and I just prayed. And I just laid it all down at the Lord's feet. And then I got up and I walked back through the foyer, and there was a woman standing there, and she handed me an envelope. And so I said goodbye to her, and she left. Then, as I was walking back in, I opened this envelope. Had a check in it. Don't you like envelopes with checks in them? And then sometimes you open, it's like, mmm, three bucks. (laughs) It <laughs> wasn't even worth opening. But I had this check and I pulled it out. One million dollars. Show us a sign of your favor, oh Lord. This was 30 minutes after I had prayed that. Show us a sign of your favor. That our enemies can see and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped and comforted me. I knew at that time, my hope is not in money. I don't worry about money. I don't really care that much about money. I don't really think about it. But this was the most immediate, tangible, evident sign that God could have given, right? Of his favor. And so at that point, I just said, you know what, Lord, I am going to trust in your favor. I am going to trust no matter how dark things look, your favor is upon me. And I want you, my friends, to experience that same thing. I want you to know that God's favor, God's blessing, God's grace is available for you and that you are called to walk in it. Walk in it. Turn to the person next to you again. Say, you're God's favorite. Now I want you to turn to the person and say, so am I. (laughs) See, that's possible with God. The God whose love surpasses knowledge, he can do that. He can do that. He can love all of us. We can all be his favorites. It's not a competition. For some of you it is, but it's not a competition. We're all God's favorites. Amen? Amen. He did it all. He planted his grace in us. He planted his favor in us. And he is the one who is going to continue to show you a sign of his favor. And I'm not saying it's going to come in the form of a million-dollar check. I know, sorry. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. But God is so creative that way, and he can turn things around. If you're struggling, if you're doubting, if, if you are feeling hopeless, God's favor is available for you and you can walk in it.